Chapter Eleven of Irene Iddesley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Chuck Williamson. Irene Iddesley by Amanda McKittrick Ross. The trickling tide of fortune sometimes ebbs slowly. It meets with occasional barriers of boisterous worth and reaches its haven of intent too often with obstruction its waters drip on the proud and humble the mighty and pitiful the meek and unholy and refuse to overlook even the weary and careworn confined in the cell it ceases not to store within its waters of wonder intricate windings of wealth and poverty triumph and torture joy and misery and does not hesitate at any time to safely deposit its various burthens on the numerous beaches along which it must pass when almost a year of lady dunfern's private imprisonment was about drawing to a close she was beginning to partly believe the truth of her husband's dogmatic remarks she had strongly been endeavouring during this time to arrive at some possible means of communication with marjorie mason her much-loved maid whose services sir john still retained but every endeavour she yet formed proved absolutely vain she often thought had she been attended by any of the household staff only her on whom she never could dream to rely she might have made good her escape long since but being watched and visited so regularly by rachel hyde she felt her task much more difficult of performance than at first imagined sometimes she would bring her table close to the window and mount on its shaky leaf then step into the great window-sill pull out her handkerchief and rub the puny panes to try and catch a glimpse of nature and probably chance to see some of the servants pass this heavily barred window stood considerably high and if viewed from a distance or even from the ground adjacent seemed small in consequence it was therefore very difficult for her to recognize one menial from another yet she often imagined she could not be mistaken in perceiving a form in the garden right opposite that surely strongly resembled her favorite maid what course was she then to adopt in order to discover the accuracy of her thoughts how could she manage to be positive regarding marjorie's appearance she felt it almost miraculous to identify her who trod so far beneath her heightened gaze each day she resolved to mount the window at the same hour believing her constant watching might through time convince her who the object of her anxiety might be but the distance between them still remained the same 
and ended with the same disappointing result a thought at last crowned her precious efforts she fancied if she could succeed in breaking one of the small window panes she could with the aid of a telescope found in one of the drawers define exactly who the maid might chance to be the same hour each day found the eager mistress and anxious maid in their respective places the former mounted on the window-sill the latter gazing pitifully towards the window of her mistress's hateful cell but discernment was altogether impossible for lady dunfern who was resolved not to be baffled much longer in ascertaining who the constant visitor was snapping from her finger an exquisite diamond ring and studying which pane of glass would be least noticed she arrived at the wise conclusion of extracting the lowest corner pane which she cleverly and effectually succeeded in doing wondering first of all how she would hide the opening from the cute eye of her who proved her only visitor she placed her fleecy wrap carelessly against it and resuming her seat was persuaded fully to believe she had successfully accomplished the first step to her freedom rachel arriving now with luncheon failed to notice or if noticed to mention the article in the window next day with great confidence lady dunfern was found in her usual recess and drawing forth the telescope viewed keenly the object of her constant search and to her wild delight she at once beheld marjorie mason with grave face staring she fancied at her at last her ladyship had achieved a mighty work indeed which she hoped would yet prove of more practical importance it may be mentioned that marjorie mason visited the same plot of ground at the same hour every available morning since she was robbed of the pleasure of waiting on her mistress merely to get a glimpse of the window she knew must belong to her lady's haunt of hardship and could honest marjorie have only seen the handkerchief that every day was pointed to its little transparent enclosures how she would so gladly have waved hers in return but other means had to be resorted to through lady dunfern's great perspicacity to try and establish a line of communication with one she could trust this now being arrived at cast a world of grief from the mind of her who under such a roof of suspense as that beneath which she existed felt if aid were not forthcoming she would shortly have yielded to the imperative command of the king of conquering divines who could now recognize the southern beauty of dilworth castle who could visit the once beautiful bride of dunfern mansion without naturally betraying signs of heartfelt sorrow 
she who so often graced the assemblies of the proud and famous she who adorned society with her majestic presence she who by her charming manner and elegant bearing failed not to steal the affection of him who treated her so was an object of abject commiseration where her conduct wasn't questioned she was no longer the cheerful associate the bright converser the lively robust irene Iddesley. she the pride of her guardians the once adored of her husband the envied object of socialism must bear to exist through by any means within her power not where she existed presently the next part to be enacted was to attract marjorie's attention this could easily be tried and tying her cambric square firmly round the top of a small poker she timidly sent it through the cavity at the same time viewing marjorie by means of her telescope at first marjorie was seen to shade her eyes with her hand and move a little forward then suddenly stop she would again move slightly nearer to the wafting emblem of despair and quickly advancing until she neared the spot where best the snowy sign could be seen instantly concluded that she must be observed by her ladyship when lady dunfern perceived that marjorie could by no means be closer to her she pulled the flag of victory back leaving her maid in breathless confusion never for an instant flinching until she might again have an opportunity of rendering her assistance whom she worshipped in less than five minutes another signal appeared through the open space in the form of a small piece of paper the meaning of which marjorie knew well it appeared to be making its way with wonderful alacrity towards her who now was in nervous despair lest she should be detected by her master or some of the other members of his staff at last the missive reached its destination and wildly grasping it marjorie loosed the cord that was swiftly drawn back and plainly written by her mistress's hand were the words to marjorie my trusted maid shrieking with delight she pushed the note into her pocket and speedily hastening to the mansion entered her own room securing the door from within she instantly tore asunder the cover and read with tearful eyes as follows room number ten dearest marjorie and friend you at last have proof of the confidence reposed in you by me how i have thought of you since i was severed from you no one knows that you have been aware of my imprisonment i can no longer doubt however i shall not presently give you any particulars but beg 
to say that if you could by any means you thought safe let me hear if you have ever received any letters for me from oscar i should ever feel grateful and reward you accordingly my reason for such inquiry i shall explain further on dear marjorie keep this dark might i suggest that you slip a note under my door this evening at five o'clock precisely this you can do i believe at this hour with safety trusting you are keeping strong and hoping soon to thank you personally for such secret kindness believe me sincerely yours irene to marjorie this note was ample explanation of the confidence lady dunfern had in her maid she well knew from previous experience how she could trust her and felt assured she was not a victim of misplaced confidence marjorie would sooner have suffered death than betray her whom she had served so long at dilworth castle and so short a time at dunfern mansion and carefully folding the note she held in her hand proceeded to reply lady dunfern at the hour appointed stood in agony behind the massive door underneath which she soon felt sure of receiving news that would either increase or diminish her varied stock of fears nor was she disappointed at the hour referred to the note appeared who could picture the ecstatic relief of lady dunfern as she paced her prison floor whilst carefully scanning the contents of marjorie's note in it she stated that her husband received all letters direct not alone for himself but for all his servants and delivered them personally to each this only happening since she was subject to his cruel treatment lady dunfern was a little surprised at not receiving through marjorie some news of oscar but when informed of her husband being the recipient of all letters she felt confident his were amongst the many for his inspection and would not therefore aid his aspect of matters much safely depositing the prayed-for epistle of marjorie in her drawer she seemed to suddenly grow quite cheerful and animated so much so that rachel on entering some short time afterwards was so struck with the change as to acknowledge that her ladyship must surely appreciate the book she held in her hand to an extraordinary extent since it had altered her demeanour so could this attendant only have known the true nature of lady dunfern's much changed manner how with a conquering air she would so soon have conveyed the tidings to sir john this however was not to be lady dunfern believed that such a line of intercourse as that which she had so artfully managed with one on whom she could ever place implicit confidence 
must surely yet be the means of freeing her from the fetters of a fierce and prejudiced race every morning at the same hour mistress and maid were at their respective post the former with brightened eye mounted on her favorite pedestal of triumphant account and gazing intently on the object of rescue the latter casting that grave and careworn look in the direction of the niched signboard of distress stood firmly and faithfully until she received the watchword of action and warning end of chapter eleven